radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. It is, once again, the Talking Real Money audio podcast, video podcast. It's that time of week when we do both. Why we do both, we're not really sure. But it's become a habit now, so we just keep doing it. I did have somebody in the office the other day who apologized. You got to listen to your podcast, but I've never watched it. I said, that's actually okay. Yeah. You haven't missed that much. but No, because we, we really don't do anything. No, we don't, we don't really do anything. Of, we don't have a lot of, lot of video of, things going in the background, you know. Pictures. And, yeah. You know. Nothing I could do, just hand puppets. <laughs> well done. Does it work? As- <laughs> <laughs> you need to have light on those yeah. to make it work. Anyway, uh-huh. hold on. Well, what? You don't buy this? Come on, Tommy. You are a Disney guy. We could see how you might be an Imagineer, but let's let it go. Okay. I'm Don McDonald in my Florida puppet studio. No, my Virginia puppet studio. I don't even know where the heck I am these days. On the road again. I don't even know where I am. I'm getting so confused. I always know where Tom is. Until he's not there, which is, you know, he's sometimes in Mexico, sometimes at Chelan. That's true. Uh, once in a while in Phoenix, escaping the heat, the, the heat, Funny. the cold. Mm. Um, and Tom is Tom. That's Tom Cock. He's in, in, in the Seattle area somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not, however, in China, uh, which is no. which is for the best because he'd probably be in a prison somewhere for just acting Please. out. Come on. Uh, but Ch- Yeah, because I'm such a dissident, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's it's just, me. It's just the white hair. They're going to go, oh, ah, white okay. hair. Oh, no, no, not allowed. Uh, we, we, we don't talk about international investing a lot. We believe in doing it. We believe it is important to be invested internationally. And we do believe that you should have part of that international investment in emerging markets. But the most, one of the most controversial and and confusing emerging markets is one of the biggest economies in the world, which makes it sound oxymoronic. But uh, China kind of confuses people and me- messes up this whole concept of emerging market investing for a lot of minds. By the way, I, I I think I have this right that it may become the world's largest economy within a year or two. It's pretty big and getting bigger. It's huge. But it's not it's not the even close to being among the world's largest stock markets in terms of capitalization of the companies there. Why are we talking about international investing? Well, because last week the headlines were screaming about China cracking down on companies in their country. There's this they have this weird got this Chinese uh, communist government, right? And then you got this capitalist system and they try to exist together. And you throw other uh, city states in there. It just makes it very confusing. Yeah, in it's, reality, it's in reality, it's it. You you capitalism and communism are are they they don't they're like oil and water. Yeah. Um, right. And the reality is, it's really not communism anymore. It's well, more like true. autocracy and capitalism um, blended together. That's all the yeah, political so commentary what, I'm going yeah. to make. Yeah, and I think that's smart. But here's the thing. Here's what happened. So last week, they cracked down on a number of those firms. The Chinese stock market took a big hit. It was down, I forget the percent. But then as because they're part of the emerging markets index, Brazil, Russia, India, China, et cetera, 
emerging markets went down about 5% last week. So then people ask me, should I own emerging markets? And I look at the numbers. I mean, you're wait till I give you, you're going to be surprised. I, I'm last dying years, to be surprised. I've rare. Last, I'm rarely surprised anymore. <laughs> well, you will be here. Okay. Last the last ten years, emerging markets value stocks. The annualized return ten years one point eight percent a year. Ew. Ten years versus U.S. large growth companies. Yeah. Seventeen point. Eight percent. So somebody said, "Wait a minute. Why am I owning?" Well, yeah. I'm, why am markets? I buying the stuff that's going down? Mm, maybe it's gone down. Ah, Thank you yeah. for the setup. I appreciate it. But okay. So by the way, let's just unpack that a bit. Number one, you made the very good point. Would you prefer to buy things that have gone up, or would you prefer to buy things that have gone up less? Mm-hmm. I'm always going to go up with the less. Yeah. Because what's the likelihood in the future that, you know, things kind of swing one way, they swing another. By the way, if you look at the 10 years prior to the last 10 years, emerging markets did better than U.S. markets. So this is one of the problems, though, that investors have is Mm -hmm. we don't we have a hard time looking back decades because what you have to do is you have to really all the numbers that we have, all of the studies that show that small cap. Uh, outperforms large, that value outperforms uh, growth, that uh, emerging markets have a place in your portfolio. All of those studies are based on 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 year returns, not five or 10. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. But again, why would I still be invested in them or why would I buy them for the exact reason that they've had a crummy, crummy, less robust performance. The U.S. market has been out of control for 10 years, folks. Be honest with yourself. Don't expect 17.8 for the next 10 years. Well, if we do, that'd be great, but I wouldn't expect it. Number two, we do know, and you made a very good point, Don. If you look back 50 years, it's a better approach to own the globe, all of it, in the appropriate percentages based on the value of those companies, market capitalization, if you will. Mm -hmm. That has meant actually a little better return and lower volatility, less ups and downs because you're more diversified for a number of reasons, not just the companies, but the countries, also the currencies, right? Because sometimes US dollar does great, the yuan does great, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then here's my personal take on emerging markets. Would you rather invest in developed countries, United States, Europe, et cetera, or Countries that are that have a future that looks more growth oriented. I'll put it that way. Because, yeah, but it's safer. Yeah, it's safer it's, for me to be safer. in the U.S. or yeah, Germany I or. I agree. Developing countries are riskier because of the politics we mentioned at the beginning. Because things could go wrong. Remember, United States was a developing company country. Pardon me. At one time where bonds were defaulted on and uh, stocks were issued in railroads that didn't exist. Or, all kinds of hijinks were going or, on. Or oil fields happen. in Panama. Exactly. Thank you, Leo. Yeah, all of those things can happen. So, um, But I still think some of your money should be not all of it and not too much. But in the equity markets, by the way, if you look at it globally, it's about 10% of the value of firms globally are in those emerging markets. So I would continue with that investment and my hope is that it, like the 10 years prior to this last 10 years, you'll get paid for taking that risk over time. 
In other words, would you rather buy high or buy low? Which is better? Answer the question. Buying high or buying low? Well, buying low, but if then then if you're focused on just buying U.S. stocks, you are buying high. We could you be could it be higher? Yeah, we don't know, but we do know that emerging markets have not done as well. You're buying low. We also know that Europe, that global markets, just the international developing or developed world, has not done as well. You're buying low. I mean, the United States is now at like fifty-seven percent of the world's. Yeah. Uh, market capitalization, capitalization. Yep. Um, and it was for a very long time 50-50. So, it, yeah, it was actually under 50 for a time. You might so, yes. really, if you want to do this right and not try to predict which market's going to do better, the right allocation, and I, I know this is uncomfortable for many of you, is probably right at about 50 to 55% U.S., 35 to 40 developed international markets and then about 10 emerging markets yeah it it it's simply putting the money where the value of companies are that's it and this applies no matter what your age whether you're a rich old person or a poor <laughs> young person just getting started young punks young turks if you're a young it. punk you don't need as much in bonds though probably i that's a very good advice. if anything and um, if you're young, call us with your questions. Join the old people at 855-935-TALK. They need love <laughs> they need too, love. right? Old people like us, we need love. And uh, uh, send in your questions at TalkingRealMoney.com or your comments. And uh, like yesterday's podcast, we the very next thing on the list is another comment about our ageism review. <laughs> Uh oh! Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's great that we get we're, that these caused you to take interest. Ageism response is the subject because we called it reverse ageism. I wouldn't take the ageist review too seriously. Hmm. I am thirty four years old, and I've been a daily listener for a while now. Obviously, wealth management by nature gravitates to older age groups. Because they tend to have more money because they've had more life. That's the only reason. They've just had more life. When I was in my 20s, do you know how much money I had sitting in the bank at any given time? <laughs> Not a lot. Three figures, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. on a good Hopefully day? On a, yeah, I was going to say. On sometimes. Friday payday, yeah. Sometimes right, sure. it was a negative mm. number. Been there, done that, yeah. So it's only that I, since I've been older and I've been investing and I, my, you know, I, my salary's gone up and things like that, that I've been able to put some money away. Oh, you're getting a salary for this? For something. I don't know. Somebody keeps putting money in my bank account. Uh, I don't know what don't it's turn for. It off. Anyway, uh, he's, uh, he said, I think yeah. you do a great job of handling the college questions. I think my generation and younger, this is a very interesting comment. I think my generation and younger have serious issues with jealousy. They have been influenced by social media and think wealth is a dirty subject. And I'm going to add my own parenthetical, yet they still want it. Uh, my gener Oh, and he kind of added that. My generation is also obsessed with get-rich-quick concepts, parentheses, crypto. Oh, please. And yeah. love the idea of not really working much. 
Thus, yeah, that, I, I'm whoa. not going to go with that one because I think that's every generation looks at the next one and says, oh, they just don't. Well, no, he's of them. that generation. My dad said that about our He's generation. of that generation. I know. I know. I mean, I know. how many times in the past month have you been somewhere where they say, I can't hire any employees? I can't get help. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's true. let's keep going. A part of me understands this and even sympathizes a bit with them. But at the end of the day, my biggest leaps in financial understanding have come from listening to wiser and almost always older men. Because of podcasts like, and I and there are some wiser and older women too, Jill Schlesinger. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Does a great um, job. Um, um, what's her name? Susie Jean, Orman? Jean, no, not Susie. Gene Chatsky. not Susie. on that one. Uh, anyway. But <laughs> well, yeah, men Jean and Chatsky women. does terrific work, yeah. Because of podcasts like Talking Real Money, I feel like I can hold my own in conversation about money management. I feel confident in my DIY investment plans and feel confident in helping friends and family learn important concepts to consider when they try to come up with a plan for their long-term savings goals. Your services are invaluable for the young person if they can just get in the right mindset to receive the overall message you are preaching. Young people have the greatest asset of all. This is a wise young person. It's called? Time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Time. I agree. If your show could reach more young people, I believe our country would be infinitely better in the long run. We should, oh, I'm all for this. Let's do this. We should okay. make Talking Real Money a mandatory class in all high school curriculums. Godspeed, Don McDonald. Thanks for all you do. Oh, you've got a John Glenn comment in. No, I was. <laughs> Do you want me to tell the story now or not? No, I'm not going to tell the story because I can see you. You can tell the story impressed. in a minute. You truly do provide a great public service, John Glenn. Okay. <laughs> and that's uh, from John Glenn, uh, Jr., was, the third. No, I'm kidding. Arlington, Virginia. Now, now, since this is a show listened to primarily by old people. Yes, who will probably know. Tom has a quiz for Glenn, you. Tom has a quiz yeah. for you. No, oh, ask them the, the quiz. Do it in the form like you did it at mm. the advisor meeting the other day. Do no, it, in the it was the full employee meeting. Oh, oh, of Appella? Uh, well, a vestry by Appella. Vestry plus by Appella. A couple. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there were two people in the meeting of 17 that knew the correct answer. And the question was, I read a quote, I read a quote mm -hmm. and I said, that was from John Glenn. I looked out at everybody and they were looking back at me like I was talking in a different language. And I said, and John Glenn was, and there was not one response. Now, Barb Devereaux, obviously, well, she's our age, similar generation. She knew. And then one other person said, well, he was on the moon, right? Mm, no, Mr. Glenn did never, vent never ventured to the moon, but he was the first American to orbit the earth on Friendship 7. But not one person, and most of them are younger, I get it, knew who John Glenn was, which I think is kind of a shame because he's a national hero to me, but okay, fine. How many times did John Glenn go to space? I think it was just twice, right? He did that one, and then he did the one when he was 77. In the shuttle, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, And now he's he's resting comfortably at Arlington and the friendship seven is there at the Smithsonian in Washington. So where it should be. All right. End of story. Was that that painful? Was that that difficult to listen to? No, no, no. Was that no, like no. fingernails down? No, the chalkboard? No, no, you're right. It wasn't as bad as all the world war two conversations. That you <laughs> well, we can do that. Next no, it's week. Not. Uh, I think we're done. 
Uh, do you have a question? Please call us at 855-935-TALK, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'd love to help. Or send your question in at talkingrealmoney.com. And if you have a big one, I just need to sit down with somebody for a little bit. I want to do it myself, but I'm a little confused by all the garbage that I've been collecting over the years. We call it hodgepodgery. Um, set up an appointment with, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to cough now. <clears throat> no, this is a Pardon podcast. Me. You can't cough. I know. I don't, have a po- I don't have a video cough switch. I remember how well you used to use the old one when you were on Business Radio Network when you hit the Oh, I'm I'm a pro with a cough switch if I have one. Oh, uh-huh. well, I don't have one. For, there's no such thing for video. I've got one. It's like this. <laughs> I can still hear you. No. Okay. All right. Allergies. Um, where was I? Oh, go to vestry.com. Go to vestry.com. Set up an appointment with yes. one of our advisors. It's free. It's easy. There's no obligation, and nobody's going to hit you with a high pitch, high pitch, a high pressure sales pressure. We're really good. We're going to come after you, and we want your money right now. Come on, come on, boys and girls, let's get invested. Um, we're not going to do. We have a lovely annuity for you. Okay, sorry. We don't sell annuities. Oh, that's right. That's those other idiots. Uh, So anyway, there you got it. Thanks for being around. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining oh, us. Sign up for our our LinkedIn. Our LinkedIn. Sign up for our YouTube channel too. Should have mentioned. That. You mean subscribe to it? Ah, yeah. That's you know, the word. I, I, are we over five hundred yet? No, we got to no, come on. No, not last time Please, I checked. People. Anyway, you, you got to do. I we should do more of what the other YouTubers go. They go ring the bell. Subscribe. I don't even know what ring the bell means. Ring the bell. Subscribe. Leave a leave a comment in the notes at the bottom of the screen. Okay. You know, Fine. Do all those things, but please subscribe. We need at least 500 for a little respect, self-respect, if nothing else. I don't think you actually get YouTube respect until you're at like 50,000. We have almost 1.3 million people that have downloaded our podcast, however. So we got that going for us. We do have respect in podcast land. Yeah, okay. We're done. Thanks for being there. Yeah, tell a friend or two or 10 or 1,000. Thank you. And uh, go to our YouTube channel, and if you like what you hear on our podcast, leave a review at Apple Podcasts, and join us pretty much every day. You know, not, we don't do much on the weekends, but uh, we're, we try to be here about every day for you. Thanks for being there. Take good care of yourselves. I am Don. That is Tom. Hanging out, talking real money. Talking real money. That the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?